the biggest key might be can the student outdo the teacher in Kansas City? I'll tell you all about it here as we tune up for the Jags at the Kansas City Chiefs. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to another crossover edition of Locked on Chiefs. And we also have Locked on Jaguars for this one. Really excited about the divisional round. A lot of fun going to be talking about this game and talking about how this is going to play out in Kansas City on Saturday. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends at Price Picks. Price Picks is so much fun and easy to play. No competing with other players, just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players if they score more or less than the price picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love price picks. We know you will too. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. I am Chris Clark from Locked On Chiefs. He is Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jaguars. Thank you for making us your first listen today. Go check out the Locked On NFL show. A lot going on over there with the rest of the playoff games uh, as your second listen. And we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm like, If I was any happier, man, I'd be jumping rope right now instead <clears> of doing this podcast. I'm telling you, this hit a little different when you do it for the playoffs because we're one of the last eight, you know, the, the, yep. the I, I call it the grateful eight, right? Everybody else is, you got 24 other people sitting at home not doing crossovers. We are. <laughs> so that means uh, we got some good stuff to talk about. Come this weekend, it's only going to be four. I'm, I'm thinking the Jags going to be one of them left standing. I'm going to have to call you and see what you're up to because you, you probably won't be doing no uh, crossover podcast next week. See, look yeah. at me starting this off already with all of that foolishness. Yeah, we'll be talking about that here in a little bit uh, when we get into our predictions. I, <coughs> Sorry, I have a little bit of a cough still. I apologize. Uh, I understand why you're uh, very uh, bullish on this team. The Jaguars came back from being 27 down against the Chargers. I'm sure pretty much everybody wrote them off uh, to win, to lose that game and not to move on. And here we are, and they won. Trevor Lawrence came back through four TDs in the second half. Uh, what is the biggest storyline for you going into this week? For me, um, it's it's the teacher versus mentor deal, and mm-hmm. I and I with Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, and I and I do and I say that is because there's a perceived advantage that the teacher knows the student uh, a lot better because he taught him everything. I think if you think about it. It might be the reverse. It it might the, the it's not necessarily an advantage from the elder of the two. It could be that somebody sat and watched another guy, and and watched everything that he does and learned his tendencies. I don't know how much it's going to help, but I do think in critical moments, they'll know what each other's thinking, and the one that makes the right guess is going to be the person with the biggest advantage. Of course, you know, you got the quarterbacks, you have all of that stuff. But to me, that's the first thing that I think about is Doug Peterson going against not only just Andy Reid, but coaching at Arrowhead where he coached a long time for a long time too. 
Yeah, and I think that's a fantastic storyline. It's actually one of the things that I think is going to be a huge key in this game is how well these two do know each other. Uh, <clears throat> and in some ways, I, I won't say in most ways, but in some ways I will say I think Doug, Doug Peterson has an advantage because I think he's more aggressive than Reed, and I think that, that actually is going to play into how this game could play out. Uh, so that's going to be definitely something to watch. When I look at Kansas City and I start looking at storylines, quite honestly, I, I think the storyline has to be health and the fact that they had the chance to have a bye week. Uh, it sounds like McCall Hardman's probably not going to play this week, uh, but I would guess that Frank Clark is going to play on, on Saturday. Uh, he's been limited the past two days, but I do expect that he's probably going to play. Uh, maybe they're going to get Clyde Edwards-Alaire back. Maybe they're going to get Jody Fortson back from IR. Uh, they both return to practice this week, so something to watch there. But I think Kansas City's health and really focus going into this postseason, uh, the one thing I will say that plays to their advantage in this game is they've been there before multiple times. Most of the team has been there before multiple times, but they have all these rookies that have never played playoff football, so that's going to be something to watch as well. Absolutely, and and being there before and understanding the emotion um, is a clear advantage, and it does help you. And also playing at home. So when things do get a little, if things do get a little fishy, I can imagine that playing at home also means uh, that there's there's enough comfort where you can look around and you're in a, in a bit of a friendly environment. To flip that around with the Jaguars, it's actually worked in their favor that their inexperience has worked in their favor. Um, I think the they don't know. You said again? Because they don't know. Don't they know. don't know what they don't know. You don't know what you don't know. I've been talking about it this entire time, and and just I don't want to be a broken record, but I call it the kid at the amusement park. He'll get on every roller coaster because he has no idea he's supposed to be afraid. But me, I won't even go near an amusement park because <laughs> of fear that somebody's going to force me to get on a roller coaster. So the thing is, is that's the best advantage or, or the advantage that you can try to, if you're Jacksonville, kind of flip it. And you've seen their inexperience. You saw their inexperience in the closeout game against the Titans where they didn't play well, but they won. And there's a lesson in that too. And then last week, every single thing that could possibly go wrong for them went wrong. They had five turnovers in the first half, four interceptions. You're never supposed to win a game like that. So when you do, the first thing that you, you take in as a lesson is this. If we can win when we not only don't play well, if we can win when we play doggish, doggishly poor, we can win if we just clean some things up and, and trust who we are. So I think that part is seriously, seriously intriguing for me, and I can't wait to see how it turns out. Not to throw any shade at your team, but it does help that they were playing Brandon Staley and the Chargers. Just going to say that. Well, well, yeah, well, yeah, but you know what I thought about? Those that same Brandon Staley and the Chargers seems to give y'all a bit of a headache every time y'all play them. They do. Divisional right. games are always tough for Kansas City. And right. uh, the big thing is, is he's missing players. I mean, he's he's missed players. He put players in harm's way going into that game. So uh, a lot of questions there. Surprised they're keeping him in, in Los Angeles. But we're here to talk about this Jags-Chiefs team, or Jags and Chiefs game. Uh, you know, when you look at this, I have to ask one question before we go to break. Do you think it was smart for Trevor Lawrence to come out in media and say that he doesn't think Airhead's going to be much louder than it was last Saturday. Um, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's dumb. I, you know, every time somebody does or say something like that, I just go, why, what did you gain from it? Um, was and wait, that's and, where I was coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you gained from it, 
was it worth it? Was it worth the bulletin board material? Uh, I just think maybe the kid is going to take the approach uh, the way Magic Johnson used to say. Magic said they love going on the road, even though back in the day, I don't know, I'm dating my age here, but back in the day, the greatest show on turf, there'd be superstars and Jack Nicholson and everybody on the, uh, you know, sitting courtside. But Magic said he loved going on the road because he loved the energy from that crowd and he loved shutting them up. So maybe uh, what Trevor is saying, he's he's trying to, it was very, very loud in the stadium though. But they've been in Arrowhead. I don't know if they've been in Arrowhead during a playoff game. They haven't. The other thing is, my concern with Arrowhead is the mysterious uh, malfunctioning of the visiting headsets. That's that's my problem. And we know that has been a problem in the past. So hopefully that doesn't happen this weekend. Yeah, I definitely hope that doesn't weekend. And when we get back, we're going to get into our key matchups and what we think are going is going to play huge parts in this game. But I want to tell you about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. The latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all covered at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And as I said at the very start of this show, you need to go check out Locked On NFL. Uh, They're doing a fantastic job covering the playoffs. There's going to be a lot of information coming out about all the games this weekend. So be sure to go check out Locked On NFL. All right, Tony, let's get into it. Let's get into the interesting part. And I want to say one thing really quick. This isn't really a matchup necessarily, but one of the things that's going to be intriguing to me is to see how the left, how the refs play or how the refs call this game. Because I mm-hmm. thought that was one of the things that really played to Jacksonville's disadvantage early on in the Chargers game was they were letting everybody play. They were letting DBs get very handsy. If they do that against the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to love it. Yeah, I thought that was a big uh, early, uh, early issue for the Jaguars. And I, I thought the Jaguars players made it worse by anticipating it and constantly constantly complaining to the refs at some point it seems as if and i don't know if this occurred and uh, i didn't go to the press conferences this week because they always happen when i had something going on but i wanted to ask doug peterson at some point did he tell them look they're going to call it the way they call it you got to just be able to deal with it right yeah I, i mean if you if you're walking through a path barefoot and there's broken glass everywhere, and you still got to keep walking. Don't keep stopping complaining about the broken glass. At some point, we know that. Keep going. you know. So it appears that at some point, they grew up and got tougher and said, look, all right, if that's how you want to run the show, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to play through it, and we're going to play through the contact. And I think, uh, for me, it took a while for the Jaguar players to, to adjust to it, and then to stop complaining about it and to use most of their energy playing the game the way that it was supposed to be. So, yeah, it's going to be extremely interesting to see how they call that. It's going to be interesting to me how they call when you get close to the quarterback because both of these guys warrant a little bit of special consideration from the officials, and they both extend plays. So are we going to see the referees hold the whistle back when these guys get close to contact and maybe someone's there just a half a second too late? Yeah, it's going to be intriguing to see. I, I will say one of the biggest matchups in my mind in this game is going to be 
the Chiefs defensive line versus the Jags O-line. Uh, and I say that because last time these two teams played, Lawrence was sacked five times. Uh, if you give up five sacks against this Chiefs defense this this time around, that's probably not going to be in your favor would be my guess. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but the Jags showed you last week that they can overcome any statistical advantage that in the past has shown that's true that if this happens, you're not supposed to, they have been doing this all year, 17 points down to the Raiders, 17 down to the Cowboys down 10, nothing early to Tennessee and down 27, nothing to the Chargers. And none of those teams are, those teams aren't anything to shake a stick at. I mean, Oakland didn't win. I mean, the Vegas didn't win a lot of games, but they're a tough team to play. So, Um, only one time this year did the Jaguars have a game where they just kind of walked away and said, you know what, that we need to forget about that one. And that was at Detroit. They played early this year and the Jaguars made a boatload of mistakes when they were scoring touchdowns. You remember the touchdown when they scored earlier this year, they were on the four yard line and, and Cam Robinson got an illegal man downfield. And it drove all of us crazy here because in order to get a legal man downfield, an eligible man downfield, you got to be five yards downfield, right? Why is an offensive lineman? five yards downfield from the four-yard line. Why are you blocking somebody a yard in the end zone? So my thing is it was crazy stuff like that that took a touchdown off the board, and the Jaguars had to go for a field goal. The Jags played pretty well and only lost by 10 in Arrowhead. I think the Chiefs scored one late. But that game, in my opinion, when you watched it, it was a little bit closer. It was a lot closer than, um, than the score would indicate that it really, really was. One of the things that I want to watch out for, though, are the Jaguars going to be patient with the run. I think you have to run the ball against the Chiefs. Travis Etienne had over 100 yards last week on 20 carries. If you can stay in the game with them and run the ball and make them a little bit impatient on offense. I used to call the Chiefs the football version of the Golden State Warriors. Like you have them down by 10 and you look up two minutes later and they're up by 15. Well, I think losing Tyreek Hill, I don't think they're as quick to score as they used to be. But I still think they're extremely dangerous because you you pay so much attention to Travis Kelsey and then some guys you never heard of all of a sudden start catching touchdowns. So I I do think that there's something to the Jaguars running the ball and being extremely patient and and forcing – and just keep getting first downs and forcing Mahomes to sit on the sideline. And the question I have on that is – do they continue if, – if something happens that Kansas City gets up 10 points, 14 points, do you think that they have the patience to be able to stick with the run? I do. And uh, uh, I'll say this is one caveat to that. A part of their running isn't handing the ball off. Some of their running is misdirection, reverses, laterals, and then extremely quick passes out to all of the receivers and the tight ends where – Well, that, uh, sounds, that sounds very familiar to, to the Chiefs offense at times. It, it does. It does. <laughs> They're not as they're not as a screen heavy a team as I thought they would be. When I saw uh, Travis Etienne's skill set, I immediately thought of Brian Westbrook. They don't quite run as many screens, and I, I just think some of the RPO stuff that uh, that people are running uh, these days has kind of taken away from the RPO as well as the the quarterback option. It's kind of taken away some of the screens that teams use, and then. A lot of teams don't scream downhill anymore. If teams aren't blitzing and selling out for the pass, the screens aren't going to work anyway. It's true. You know, the other big thing that I have to wonder about in this game is, you know, I, I went back and I looked at the stats and Mahomes threw four touchdowns, threw for 300, over 300 yards, I think 335 or somewhere around there. 
uh, against the Jaguars the last time. So it's going to be a big question. You know, can the Jaguars slow down the Chiefs' offense? The Chiefs' offense got going early on in the game uh, and scored a lot of points early, and the Jags scored right before half, which sounds awfully familiar to the Chargers game uh, that just happened. So, you know, can the Chiefs continue to have their foot on the gas and can Mahomes move the ball down the field uh, in the passing game? I think that's going to be a key here. Yeah, the Jaguars have to take advantage of opportunities. If you remember that game, started the game with an onside kick, recovered it, didn't get yep. any points, then got two two consecutive turnovers, didn't turn that into anything, and uh, just didn't take advantage of their um, of their good fortune. So, I just I just believe what Doug Peterson said about the Chargers. The Jaguars are a different team, and the Chargers were not the same team uh, from early in the year. And I don't think uh, either one of these teams going into this game is 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 remotely similar they're not remotely similar to the team that played earlier this season i, I just think too much has happened um and, and the difference in this game is the obvious and and the obvious is there is no tomorrow so you're going to get everybody's best effort and i think we're going to have a really really good one and i know you're just itching to find out what i'm going to predict for this one I am interested what you're going to predict. I, I am interested to find out what you're going to predict, but I have a pretty good idea which direction you'll be going because uh, I remember the last time we talked. Uh, but this is going to be a fun game. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on. Uh, but I'm going to let Tony talk to you about one of our favorite sponsors. That's right. Today's show is brought to you and sponsored by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat just a little healthier than I did last year. And if you're like me, you want to eat healthier, eat better, but you don't want to compromise and sacrifice taste. It's almost like an oxymoron when you say something is healthy and it tastes good. The first thing I've ever had that way is Built Bar. Built Bar has the macros that prove that it is absolutely good for you because it only has 130 calories with just four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And one thing I like about my, my, my sweets is texture. It has just the right texture. It doesn't leave a bunch of chalky madness all on your hands. It is well packaged, well put together. And I'm telling you, you can eat them anyway. You don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. If you're in a Walmart, go up to the pharmacy section and you can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box or two 13-bar boxes of our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Make sure you try out Built Bar and get that in. Make sure you get them because they go quickly. You're right. They really do go quickly. Uh, I will let you, I will defer to you on this and let you talk about your prediction and what you see going on in this game. All right. So we got people that do predictions. Some of them pick the Jaguars to lose all the time because it has now become superstitious that if they choose them to lose, shout out to Maurice Jones, Drew, they're going to win. Some folks root and, and pick just for their fan base. I host the Jaguars podcast it would make sense that I would pick the Jaguars to win. But I don't do any of that stuff, man, because I really don't try to curry favor from people. I just try to give people uh, straight with no chaser. So my prediction is what I actually think is going to happen. And I think the Jaguars are going to get on a plane when they leave Kansas City 
with their belly full of barbecue and a victory in Arrowhead. I just believe that there's something about this team that I can't shake. Uh, conventional wisdom says that I need to be drug tested for saying this, but we saw it last year with Cincinnati and we've seen teams like this. Every Jaguar team that has had the DNA and the char characteristics that this one has going back to 1997, 1999, and then in 2017, went on the road and won multiple games that they weren't supposed to. And I think they're going to do it again this time. There you go, Tony. I did not, that did not surprise me at all. I knew you're going to go that direction. Uh, what I will say is I disagree with you. I think Kansas City is going to win this game. Uh, and it's not really because I am the Locked on Chiefs podcast host. It's more of just I feel like they're in a better, better position to win this game. They've been there before. Uh, they've hosted four straight AFC Championship games. Uh, they've played in five straight. They are in a position where most of their roster knows what this is going to be about. They're going to be ready for this game. <coughs> Excuse me. And I believe they're going to be healthy for this game. So, uh, you know, I, I really like what the Jaguars did. I love that they were able to beat the Chargers last week. I actually picked the Chargers to win. So uh, just a full disclosure on that one. Um, but I, I will say I think Kansas City finds a way to win this game. And, and it could be closer than last time. Uh, I think you're right. I think Kansas City might have scored late and, and got up a little bit more. But I do believe that they were uh, – they pretty much had the game in hand most of the, most of the day. I will also agree with you. The Jaguars didn't capitalize on mistakes that Kansas City had. That's going to be one of the biggest keys for Kansas City in this game and going forward in the playoffs is they cannot continue to shoot themselves in the foot. If they turn the ball over, that's going to be a problem. If they allow pressure on Mahomes early in the count or sorry, early in the snap, that's going to be a problem. The biggest problem that they can have is if you start getting penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty, offense or defense, it's really going to hurt this team. Uh, Big question is, could snow be available or could snow be on the ground in this game on Saturday? That could play a part into it as well. A uh, lot to look into, and I think this is going to be a fun one. I do too. So just to uh, make sure that we wrap all of this up and, and take a look at everything we discussed here. We're talking about the biggest stories, Andy Reid and his student, Doug Peterson. Uh, the officials, how they're going to call the game is going to be a big deal. Uh, the defensive line of the Chiefs, can they disrupt Trevor Lawrence? What are the refs going to do when these guys start getting uh, close to the quarterbacks? And can Travis Etienne, Doug Peterson, can they be patient and stick uh, with the run and make sure that they keep Chris Jones and Carl Aftis and all of those guys honest uh, on the defensive line and basically try to shorten the game so that Patrick Mahomes doesn't get a ton of opportunities. It's been fun, man, as always here on Thursday, on the Thursday crossover sponsored by prize picks. And uh, let's just say we play around and joke around about who we think is going to win and smack talk and all of that. But the bottom line is, is we're one of eight with a grateful eight that are still alive. And I know uh, make sure that these guys travel well, and I know y'all going to treat our fans. We got some fans coming up there treating with the best hospitality, as you guys always do. Yeah, and I, know, I know Chiefs fans will. Uh, I do think that it's going to be a raucous crowd, and I think they're going to be very excited for this game. You know, and I really always enjoy these crossover episodes, enjoy uh, talking about this stuff with you and, and you know, getting into the, the nitty-gritty. And one point you made at the very end that I want to make sure everybody heard 
because I completely agree with it. If they are able to run the ball and they're able to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, that is definitely going to help them, obviously. But it's also going to give them a chance to shorten the game. And if Kansas City doesn't get to 30 points, that could be a problem with their defense has been playing well lately, but they have had issues throughout the season. So a lot of stuff to watch there. No doubt. Been fun, Chris, as always. I would say good luck, but I wouldn't mean it. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mean it either, buddy. Yeah, let's just I hope, appreciate let's, that. Let's just hope everybody stays healthy. For Chris Clark, Locked On Chiefs, Tony Wiggins, Locked On Jaguars, take care of each other and enjoy the game this weekend, and we'll see what happens.